0: Hey everyone, welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast. I'm Dave Smeon, your host.
1: And I'm Angie, your co-host.
0: We're excited to share biblical principles to help us live our faith and glorify the Lord Jesus. This is episode 45. Today I want to share one powerful truth that will keep you from being defrauded. Now sometimes deception is Is right in front of us, but we don't see it or confront it until it hurts us. And unfortunately, many good people have been hurt, confused, and some have even lost their faith because they've been deceived. And this deception really defrauds us and keeps us from receiving all that God has for us. To defraud someone means that they are kept from receiving what is rightfully theirs by use of deception. Deception is a really powerful, powerful weapon that it's used all the time. And the problem is this. Sometimes when we recognize deception, when it's called out or when it's confronted, the deception is pulled back a little bit, changed sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot, And then reintroduced and that just serves to cause more confusion and so people get confused they get deceived and when they're deceived they're kept from receiving all that is rightfully theirs
1: see that's really interesting because when i think of being defrauded i think of financially or monetarily or or you know physical things being taken from you or being defrauded But it's an interesting thing to think that we can be defrauded of our faith at the very cornerstone of the foundation that our lives are supposed to be built on. We can be defrauded of that. And that's really, really important to understand.
0: Yeah, you can be defrauded of anything. And I would agree most of the time we think about money when it comes to being defrauded or fraud or things like that. But really, it can be anything. It can be an inheritance. It can be our faith. It can be money it can be our belief system we can be defrauded of prizes of just about anything that is rightfully ours that we're swindled or deceived out of and that's what defrauding means is that we're kept from receiving what is rightfully ours so how have you been defrauded in the past have you been kept from understanding who you are in christ your identity in christ Some people are defrauded of that, and they don't understand who they are in Christ, and some people are defrauded, and they're kept from understanding the power of God that is at work in us and through us, and therefore, they don't understand how to access that power to overcome sin. They've been defrauded.
1: You see, I think that when I first thought of that question, I thought monetarily But then when I really started thinking about it, Mm -hmm. I realized that I had been defrauded with that question. Have I been defrauded? Yes, I have. When I was a teenager, I lost my way because I was defrauded of my faith because Mm -hmm. of teachers and experiences.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes that's an intentional thing. Sometimes it's unintentional, but those teachers introduce things to make you question and doubt and that in essence, is defrauding. So, I mean, this happens all the time in lots of different ways. Sometimes we're defrauded and, and we're kind of deceived into thinking that we're not good enough. Sometimes we do that to ourselves, but many yeah. times other people introduce this idea, you know, you're just not, you're not quite good enough. You're not good enough to have this thing or to do this thing or to serve the Lord or, you know, you're just not quite right people introduce all kinds of deceptions like that that defraud us and keep us from receiving all that the Lord has for us. But think about the many ways that that people are deceived and confused in our culture. Sometimes they are deceived and they buy into this lie that God doesn't care about sexuality, about how we live, about marriage about relationships, about how we conduct business. And when you start really buying into that lie, there's no end to it because that deception just keeps going and going and going. Pretty quick, we're, we're not even living for the Lord. Friends, we need to stop being defrauded, confused, and robbed of all that God has for us. He has an abundance for us, but we have to put a stop to being defrauded. We have to really... Hit this head on and resolve it. So listen to what Paul says to the church at Colossae in our passage today in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 19 in the New American Standard Version.
1: Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God
0: rather than digging into all of these deceptions that the Church of Colossae was facing, or even the deceptions that we're facing today, I want to divert path a little bit, and I want to give you one powerful truth, one powerful thing that will help keep you from being defrauded. This is so powerful. If we can grab hold of this in our lives, it will make being defrauded and deceived very difficult. Are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready. Give it to us.
0: In verse 19 that you read just a second ago, it says that they didn't hold fast to the head. Now, this is one of those simple little things that sometimes we just read over, we glance over in the scripture, and we miss something really powerful. But I want us to pause right here for a second, and I want us to really grab a truth. They left the head. They they missed it, that they became totally deceived because they didn't hold fast to the head. If we want to keep from being deceived, if we want to keep from being defrauded, we have to hold fast to the head of the church. And who's that? Jesus. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, the Messiah is the head of the church. And if we don't hold fast to him, if we don't cling to Him, we can easily be deceived. We can easily be defrauded of all that He has for us, to work in us and through us. So friends, we have to grab this. This is a powerful truth. We have to hold fast to Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Listen to what Paul states in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15-19. through 19 and this is out of the New American Standard, and you're going to recognize it because we read it and studied it just a few lessons back. But we're going to revisit this for just a second because I want you to listen to the powerful statements that Paul is telling us about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure to have all the fullness dwell in him." Jesus is the creator and the sustainer of all things. Jesus is truth, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. He is the foundation of all
0: So, truth. we are in a relationship with Jesus. Knowing him should be our highest priority Our greatest passion, it should be the focus of our lives. We need to know him and we need to focus on that. Because we're in a relationship, it should be growing. It should be maturing. And as that relationship grows and matures, we grow closer to him. He protects us from being deceived and being defrauded.
1: I love that we have this relationship with Jesus, but oftentimes we disconnect that. Because we have relationships here that's physical, like husband-wife or boyfriend-girlfriend or whatever. And we very clearly can see that we need to grow that relationship. And we need to, if something that the other person doesn't like, we don't really want to do it. But with our relationship with Jesus, we often forget that we need that relationship to grow. And what he likes and what his opinion is should matter to us.
0: Absolutely, because if he really is our passion, then we're going to be interested in him and what he wants and what he likes. And you're right, we disconnect that relationship. We think, oh, that's just a spiritual thing. That's a Sunday thing. That's a church thing. It's not, friends. It's a day-to-day thing. I mean, this is my beautiful wife, and I have to be concerned about what she likes and dislikes all the time, right? Because I'm not just in a relationship with her on Tuesdays, it's every day, 24 hours a day. That's where we need to be with Jesus. It's a real relationship, and so we need to be focused on him. Did you know that Jesus told the church at Ephesus that he had this against them that they left their first love? And wow, what a what a shocking thing. Mm. So what does he what does he say to them? Return to your first love. Do the things that you did at first. That's in Revelation chapter 2. That's what we need to do. We fell in love with Jesus. We need to go back to being in a deep, intimate relationship with him, pursuing him with everything that we have. We should be focused on his character, on his nature, on his attributes. We should be concerned about what he likes, what his opinion is, what he wants us to do, how he's created and designed us to function both personally, sexually, relationally, in business, in every area. And see, I know we get caught up in this, and this passage deals with some of these issues of like the Judaizers and some of these things. We can get caught up in a works mentality. We get, you know, we're not under the law of Moses. We get into all of these debates. The reality is we're under the law of the Spirit. And if you understand that, it's even more than the law of Moses. And We can resolve that. We can accomplish pleasing the Lord by simply moving beyond all of that and focusing on what pleases the Lord. Because you can see that from Genesis to Revelation. The scripture is full of things about God, about his nature, about his attributes. What does he like? What does he dislike? That's what we need to be concerned with.
1: I love that this is not a mystery that we can go to the Bible, and we can study, and we can learn, and we can find out these things that God likes, that God doesn't like, what he wants us to do, what he doesn't want us to do. We, it's all there. It's not a mystery, folks. It's right there.
0: It is. So if you're enjoying these uh, Bible studies, and I'm a little wound up today, so hopefully I'm not like blowing you out of the water here, but if you're enjoying this, hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell notifications so that you get notified when new videos come out. We really are blessed that you're watching and participating with us. So here's the truth. If Jesus is our passion and our priority, it's way more difficult to be deceived and defrauded. And I don't know, I can think of lots of times in my past where I have been defrauded, either intentionally by somebody or unintentionally. You know, I've been told that I'm not good enough. I've been told that, you know, I don't have the right qualifications to serve the Lord or to do this or to do that. And I've I've believed those lies in the past and no more, no more. I learned that I just have to press in and hear what God says to me through the scripture, through my relationship with him, through prayer, because he tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So... You've been deceived in a variety of ways. You've been defrauded in a variety of ways when you're in school. Can you think of anything else that you would say to people about this particular topic? Well, I
1: think that we allow the words of other people to affect how we see ourselves. And I love that I can go to scripture and I don't have to see myself as those words that people spoke over me. I am beautifully and wonderfully created. I'm a special creation of God the Father, and He loves me, and I am special, and I have a purpose. And that's what I need to believe. And I love Mm. that it's so easily accessible. It's not a mystery. I can go to the Bible, and I can compare anything that the world tells me, and I can find out what God says about me, and about a situation, about a circumstance, And I can uncover the truth.
0: Because all we have to do when somebody is telling us something, it doesn't matter who it is. We need to be like the Bereans and we need to search the scriptures daily to make sure that is the case. So when somebody says something to us and the Holy Spirit just gives us that little check and we say, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me search the scripture and find out if that's God's opinion. Because when we go to the father, he can easily tell us, hey, That's not true. Don't go down that path. Don't do this. Do this instead, because I have blessings for you if you follow me. If you do these things godly ways, then we're blessed. And so this is it, folks. This is the whole thrust of today's message. I know I'm kind of on a soapbox. Jesus is the head of the church. And if we hold fast to the head, he will keep us from being deceived and defrauded. Our passage for next week is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And we have two questions for you for next week.
1: What does it mean to be raised up with Christ? And how do we keep seeking things above?
0: So, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. I just pray the Father's blessings on you, that you have a clear mind and a passion to seek the Lord Jesus with all of your strength, with all of your might, with all of your mind, with everything in you, seek the Lord.